Hey party people, welcome back to the Waterworks Podcast. I am Karen Weiss, your host, and with me again is Missy Schoonover. Hello, party people. So this is, I believe, episode 33. We're glad that you are back with us, and this episode is on discernment as well. Um, So last episode, if you haven't listened to that, it would probably be helpful for you to go do that first, uh, because we're talking about two different portions or parts of the discernment process. The first is, how do you come to a decision? And then today's podcast is about what you do when you have a decision um, or you think you have a decision. How do you test it? How do you, how do you live into it or run the opposite way from it as Missy and I will get into in just Mm -hmm. a moment. Um, Yes, we do offer examples for both ends of that spectrum, (laughs) don't we? Uh, but so by the time I think this podcast will be out, we will have a new website. So go check that out at www.waterworksministries.org and hopefully the scheduling will be online and you will be able to schedule your spiritual direction and coaching appointments online through our online app thing. I'm not very technically savvy, as you have just guessed from me calling it an app thing. But anyway, uh, we're very excited about the changes that are making. We have a new office in State College, and so we'll be having appointments on Wednesdays, Thursdays, and then the occasional Friday as needed. So check out our new website. Really excited about it. Uh, And you can give us our feedback. As always, whether you do it through the contact us page or on Facebook or Instagram at Waterworks Ministries. It's an exciting time. It is an exciting time. Oh, and I should give a plug also on September 28th, Waterworks is doing a prayer workshop at McVeigh Town United Methodist Church. So by July 15th, the registration will be open online and it is called The Dangerous Art of Doing Nothing lessons in prayer. So you can get more information about that on our Facebook page, as well as on the website when we launch the new website. So good times. Fun, 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 fun. Always something new coming at Waterworks. Yes. Always. So without Mm -hmm. any further delay, Mm. let us jump into discernment part two. I feel like we could have a hundred podcasts on discernment, <laughs> really, and still not cover discernment. You know, oh yeah. When you go to a bookstore or you look online and and you just type in discernment, it is quite overwhelming the amount of material yeah. that is out there on discernment. Um, but but it doesn't matter like what you read or, or what you experience, discernment really does come back to such simple steps. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I appreciate so much about Karen and, and how she's helped me learn discernment along alongside her. I always laugh and say I've kind of been a, a person that's audited her seminary <laughs> yes. and her uh-huh. experience. Um, but I just think that sometimes we overcomplicate things. And discernment is something that you can make into something much, much bigger and more difficult than it needs to be. Because it really comes down to asking ourselves the hard questions, Mm -hmm. then being vulnerable enough to put them out to the Lord and say, this is my question to you, God. Be disciplined to listen and not 
talk at God. Mm-hmm. And those are the things that we talked about in the last podcast. Yeah. But then, like you said, when you get the answer or you think that you have the answer, mm-hmm. how do you test it? How do you know what yeah. you then know? Because, you know, last podcast we talked about there are the things that you know that you don't know. Then you know that you know. You know that you know. And then you don't know that, that you, you don't, don't know. know. And, and then, then you don't know that you need know. to know. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and that's, that's you know, put that on a T-shirt. Um but then something that we had to learn, and I think every person has to learn in their own way, is what happens when you get that voice or you get that confirmation of the right answer or you think it's the right answer, but mm-hmm. you're not quite sure. You know, what yeah. are some things that you can do or not do Yeah. to, to test that? Yeah, and... Let's remember that this is about relationship with ourselves and God. And so all of this is part of that and how we go about developing that relationship with God. So to use a a very personal example, um, I think we talked last time about how when I was discerning whether or not I should go back to school, I got two words and they were spiritual formation. However, the other part of the story... (laughs) that we have saved till today. And you can tell by our <laughs> laughing that it's, oh, it's true, Karen, Missy. Oh, this is vintage. Go go this is this is class classic <laughs> early in our journey <laughs> stuff. Yeah. So this is and disclaimer, our families are not aware that we did this. So no. we're kind of coming clean on some things yeah. in this episode. L- lucky you listeners. <laughs> well, yeah, and this was 2007. Mm-hmm. So it was like right at the very beginning where we weren't really telling anybody anything about anything, <laughs> um, which we kept up for like five years. Pretty much. Pretty much. Um, five or six years. Yeah. But so I felt very strongly that I was supposed to go back to school and wanted nothing to do with that. So I was like, God, you must be wrong. <laughs> and being the supportive person that I was, I was all too willing to help you find ways to prove. Yeah, that God was that completely God wrong. was completely wrong. Or we 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 were gracious sometimes and said, Well, clearly we're hearing things wrong. Yes. That's not that really what... that really isn't what God wants. Yeah. So at that point, well, Missy and I had been, I don't think we were, we were not working with Habitat yet, but no. we had been like volunteering randomly and, and Missy and her husband have been very instrumental in um, supporting the local Habitat chapter here. And so we've had, we've both had a heart for the homeless, the marginalized. Yes. Uh, affordable housing, things like that. The invisible people. Yeah. The, the invisible, invisible people. Mm-hmm. Who so, are not invisible to God. You know, no. and that's, and that's the, that's our heart. Yeah. And to our, to this day, that mm-hmm. is still both of our hearts. Oh, so I think it was last week. I was thinking because I have been temping mm-hmm. and this is a complete and total random aside. We will get back to the story. Oh, because it's a, a good one. Um, I 
I have been temping downtown, and so walking around and, yeah. you know, every once in a while I'll go to the library, and I'm at the corner room, you know, on Thursday mornings and whatnot now, and all of a sudden I thought, you know what, I haven't seen Ken in a while. Oh. Ken is one of our longtime um, resident homeless people. Yes, he winters in San Antonio. He does. Okay. Sometimes now, mm-hmm. that's why you don't see him. Sometimes he got hooked up with our for- with our with other, other friend, friend Dave. Dave. <laughs> so he does sometimes winter for some okay. some part of the winter. But you're right. I haven't seen Ken I hadn't for, seen him for, 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 a cu- for a couple. I hadn't seen him for a couple of weeks. I would say I hadn't seen him for probably at least a year. Oh wow! Um, Did you see Ken? And I saw. I have seen Ken twice in the oh, last week. Oh, wonderful! So um, wonderful. Yeah, I was like, oh, good, he's he's still with us. And for any of the local listeners, you would not, and, and this is something that Karen and I are both very um, touchy on, mm-hmm. you know, his name is Ken. We're not going to go any further than that to protect his privacy. Yeah. But if you're local um, and you go back a time to when there was the Unimart on Allen Street down near the um, oh borough building, a lot of people... Would not they didn't know Ken's name, so they yeah. called him Unimart Jesus. Oh, so if yeah. you're local, that's what that's, that's who, who we're, we're talking, talking about. about. He's a wonderful individual. Mm-hmm. Um, did did he did you make eye contact with him or did he you was not face, get to see? Like he he was coming out like from a I don't know might have been from the Dunkin' Donuts mm. and mm-hmm. he had turned. Aww. But I, I did because I smiled because it was literally like an hour before that that I had thought, you know what? I haven't seen Ken. Oh, that's great. Yeah, and sometimes he'll like, go so to... I smiled. Some, and he didn't see me smile. Sometimes him, I, but... I just confront... That's so funny that you were thinking of Ken because, you know, a month ago I asked um, a colleague in housing um, who does a lot with um, homeless. She, she works mostly with our homeless um, neighbors, but... I specifically asked about Ken, mm-hmm. and she she confirmed to me that yes, on occasion he will still go with Dave okay. down to San Antonio because if it, but he now will tell someone, um, okay, so that they can Love check him. his his um, post office box and mm-hmm. things like that that she provides mm-hmm. for him. Oh my gosh! Yay! <laughs> Yeah, so anyway, anyways, that's a side note. But see, but God will shows... bring people into your path if you let him. Yeah. So it shows. Mm. Just the fact that we both know his name. Yes. Oh, and, and it, it took it, us a year to get yeah. his name. Like, yeah. the relationship it took building. took a long time. It took me a very long time to build a relationship and trust yeah. to get his name. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Marginalized so, people are... Very distrusting. Understandably so. Yes. So, <laughs> as as fall is turning into winter in, in 2007... Um, I clearly decided that God was wrong, or I was not hearing God correctly. Well, you were, you were given a vision, and you had a dustpan and a broom, oh, yeah. and you were going to be cleaning, helping cleaning to clean, up. cleaning up things, and, yeah. and helping. So we were able to twist and contort <laughs> that that vision to suit what we wanted. Yes. So, because clearly a dustpan and broom couldn't mean going to seminary. No, is what not we, at all. what we told ourselves. Yeah, yeah. So, I did a wee bit of research online, and found this place called Bethesda Mission, and we went down, and I scheduled a tour, 
We said that, you know, we were interested in finding out more about what they did, how they did it, you know, what the, what the, you know, supports were for the community, how, how things have gone sideways. We were, um, yeah, we were investigating. <laughs> we were, because when we looked around at that time, when we looked around our community, you know, some churches were doing some things. Mm -hmm. But really, the people that were on the streets, and, you know, we live in this, you know, in the shadow of Happy Valley, you know, yeah, Penn in the State, Beaver Stadium, you know, there's nothing Fire. bad, there's no, you know, we have homeless people. Yeah. Um, the last count that was done, um, you this know, past this past January, identified 126 individuals mm -hmm. in Center County who are homeless. And those were self-identification. Exactly. So I was at a meeting a couple of weeks ago, and we were talking about this, about those are just the people that we know about. Yeah. There are so many invisible homeless mm -hmm. right here in our backyard. And, yeah. and there are many more uh, programs and ministries now. Mm -hmm. But back when we're talking about in, in the fall of 2007, there really was not anything. There wasn't a lot happening. It took a local homeless gentleman freezing to death in a tent mm -hmm. to really light that match to yeah. get the community involved. And by the time that happened, Karen and I had already been to Bethesda Mission. Mm -hmm. And like in a couple, it was a couple years later. It was years later. But we had this, we made the decision. <laughs> that Karen had discerned and she had heard, but then we decided to interpret it yeah. in our own way. So yes, we mm -hmm. did a road trip. We did a road trip and it was, it was really interesting to learn how much the community actually supported the Bethesda mission and all of the amazing things that they do. And to know that there were places like that in the world. Um. They did everything from, you know, when they did intake of a new, of a new individual and, you know, a new um, guest, they called them guests. Mm. They had the ability because of the community support that they could then refer that guest if they needed alcohol mm -hmm. counseling, if they needed drug counseling, if they needed, you know, emotional supportive services, if they, I mean, it All was a one-stop shop. Yeah. Once they were able to get them in their door. Yeah. They had on-site counselors, um, therapists. They mm -hmm. had, remember, they had a medical. Oh. Mm -hmm. They were just yeah. getting ready to expand their, their medical, medical practice, services. They yeah. had a free uh, medical clinic that people from the community could come to. The, I mean, it was crazy. Yeah. That every little inch of that building was being used yeah. to the best that they could. And they needed so much more space. But getting the people in the door mm -hmm. was difficult. So do you remember? They said, well, do you want to see how we do it? And that was when we were introduced to the van oh. and their van ministry. Now, we were there during the day. We so we did not day. get to go out on a on a van trip on a van trip. I'm pretty sure our husbands would have objected oh, slightly. My gosh. I think so. Because this is not in a great no. 
area where they are located. Like Harrisburg is not South Side Chicago, no, but but there's a dark side. Yeah. So we saw the van. They they told us about the van ministry, where they go out, especially when the weather is is not great, and they load the van with you know gloves and hats and mm-hmm. coats and blankets and warm things to eat, especially when it's cold and coffee. But they really go out and they minister in the streets um, to try to build those relationships so that maybe they can get those guests comfortable to come in. Well, seeing... I'm I'm over here laughing somewhat silently. (laughs) Seeing all of the amazing things that these people were able to do on a shoestring budget. I mean, they had amazing support, but we're talking God was one million percent behind this ministry and still is because the way that they are able Mm -hmm. to serve that many people with such limited resources i'm sorry it was amazing only through god can that happen well karen and i we understood that and we saw that and the director that was giving us the tour Mm -hmm. he was very clear in Mm -hmm. you know in their faith and dependence upon the lord and but i don't think it's unfair for me to say we didn't really hear that we just saw everything that they were doing we did yeah and we and i'm sure we said well this is amazing how god is at work like i'm sure we said the right things (laughs) but our wheels were already turning (laughs) they were they were eight mine were 18 steps ahead we we were steaming on the way back oh on the way back we had it all planned out where where could we where could we park the Where van? Where could we park the van? How could we buy the van? Who did we know that had space that would be conducive to opening this? Who did we know that was in the mental health field that might be interested? We had <laughs> the next five years planned out. We were going to yeah. replicate the mission in State College. Yeah. Where I, people didn't even believe there was a homeless problem at that yeah. time. Oh, because this would Did give we, us... Have we ever told anyone this story? No! No one. That's oh what I gosh. said. We're coming clean. No one knows that we did it. Well, that's not true. We told one person. Oh, because when pastor. we went to our pastor, we were armed, buddy. We had our facts. <laughs> we wanted our church to participate We wanted in our church to be the hub. Yeah. And, and our pastor at that time oh, was mercy. very, very familiar with Bethesda Mission. He because was. he is very... He's very, um, he grew up in Harrisburg. Very connected very to the connected. Harrisburg community. He and his wife, um, you know, supported uh, children's scholarships and things in the Harrisburg area. So we go in and we think that he is going to be like, wow. That's a great You idea. ladies are such visionaries. Praise <laughs> the Lord for placing this on your heart. We need to do this. Let's get started. That was not. Oh, my God. The reaction that we received. At all. <laughs> he looked at us like we had 17 heads. He did. It was amazing. He did. But it was such a valuable lesson because he was the first person who said, why do you think God is leading you to this? Yeah. And we couldn't answer that. No. With anything other than, well, we don't like the answer that we got. <laughs> so we think that this is what he meant, which was an important Yeah crossroads for us in learning how to do discernment Mm -hmm. yeah because it was that pastor that sat me down and I think because of that 
because of that enthusiasm that we had to to start a van ministry in State College, um, he he took one look at me. He was like, "Karen, I'm having Linda put you on my schedule. Make yourself available." Yes, <laughs> and his schedule was always oh my gosh so full. He did not when he so when he said that, mm-hmm. I knew that things were going to be said that I probably wasn't happy with or wasn't going to be happy with. And I needed to listen to him. Yes. Anytime the church secretary who handled his calendar mm-hmm. would reach out to one of us and say, pastor has requested to <laughs> see you on this day at this time. It didn't matter if, if you had audience with the queen of England, you were yeah. canceling it because you knew. Yeah. But that was really the first time that, that our, process of discernment we finally had someone to help us yeah we had read a lot and we had had done a lot of our own research of course we had but when he looked at us and just asked that very simple question why do you think yeah that that's what the lord is leading you to and we had not incredulously and it was with that tone why do you think that this is what the lord is leading you to he was he was incredulous it wasn't like it it was way past amusement incredulous it was just like you ladies have freaking gone off the deep yeah. end i mean and he <laughs> even said you back. and he even said you he questioned us about mm-hmm. the fact that no one knew where we were that day yeah he was like seriously you <laughs> what part of this none of this <laughs> makes any sense but you know we were not prepared to even we we hadn't even thought of those questions yeah. Like, why would someone ask us that? We just mm-hmm. knew, Yeah. well, this well, is what we we're going to do. But we were jumping past the answer that Karen yeah. received from asking the question straight into action mm-hmm. without taking the time yeah. to say, okay, God, if that's your answer, do you have a specific way that I should go about this? Because sometimes mm-hmm. the Lord will leave it up to you yeah, sometimes. to figure out your path. He's not a drill sergeant, Yeah. you know. Who's going to dictate you? Yeah. Tur- you know, this is how you have to turn, and this is what you have to do. Sometimes he will trust us mm-hmm. to get there, but other times he will give clear mm-hmm. directions yeah. to keep people like us from going out in the weeds because <laughs> we were so far out in the weeds. We just wanted, but in all fairness, we didn't do it because we were like, oh, we want our name to be out there oh, as mm-hmm. visionary leaders. No. We really truly felt that the Lord, the only way that we could be useful in kingdom work on earth mm-hmm. was if we were doing things, like yeah. doing something, doing something, doing something. And that's not and, always the case. And we were mistaken. Oh. Um, so for those of you doers out there who believe that you do not have worth unless you are producing or taking action of some kind, we give you a moment again to shake your fist at us. Yes. Okay. Because God loves you when you are yourself. Right. And that is one of the hard, 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 hard lessons that I think I can speak for you, that you and I have had to learn. Oh. And we're still learning. Still learning. Still learning. This will be, this is one of those hard unlearning things that layers just keep showing up, especially for me in spiritual direction. Um, 
But yeah, those untruths that you believe about yourself that you don't even know where the seed was planted. Yeah. You know, that'll pop up and you're like, oh, well, that's that's interesting. Or I thought I dealt with that. Oh, here Mm -hmm. it is again. Yeah. You know, but again, that all goes into discernment Mm -hmm. and to discern, you know, we were talking about vocation in the last in the last podcast. And, you know, for so, so many people and I was one of them and to an extent I still struggle with it who identify with mm-hmm. who you are with what you do. Yeah. And that is not, that's not God's way no. at all. He made us who we are and what we do is just what we do. Yeah. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's really interesting. And, and during that time, we both discerned that the only way we brought value to the table mm-hmm. of the Lord was if we showed up big yeah. and did some big, grandiose mm-hmm. working for God and everyone was going to know we were working for God. Mm-hmm. And we had never asked God that question. Yeah. We just made an assumption. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So as you're discerning and you ask those hard questions, which is super difficult to do, we talked mm-hmm. about that last time, and then you get through that hurdle you're not on easy street, folks. <laughs> like discernment no. is something that takes a lot of intentionality mm-hmm. and there's going to be tears and there's yep. going to be frustration and there's going to be incredible joy. And the thing that this story points out is that I, we were not detached from the answer. Mm-hmm. So like last time how we talked about how you can have attachment or bias Uh, And in order to really live fully into the discernment process and live fully into our relationship with God around discernment, it is best and most fruitful to be detached, not from pleasing God, not from doing all of these, you know, things to build our relationship with God, but detached from the outcome of the discernment question. Clearly, we were we were not detached for no, me. No, no, um, no, and so no, neither of us were. We wanted to manipulate, yeah, the answer to mm-hmm. fit what we thought. Yeah, I, I'm just going to say it to what we thought would make us look to everybody out there. Mm-hmm. They've got it together. Look at what they're doing. Wow, yeah. huh? Pride was so mm-hmm. deeply rooted in both of us mm-hmm. at that time that we were. We were listening to our own voice so much we could mm. not even hear. And yeah. it took that pastor saying, why do you think <laughs> yeah. this is what the Lord is asking of you? And we could yeah. not answer that question. Yeah, no. That was a very humbling, frustrating, yeah. infuriating, mm-hmm. and embarrassing moment. <laughs> and it was a question that no one had asked us before, mm-hmm. which... You know, it it just shows that you can surround yourselves with people who will support you no matter what. Guilty. <laughs> yeah. Um, they're like, oh, okay, if that's what you think God is saying to you, then go for it. Yeah. Now, granted, as I said before, we didn't tell anyone this, but at the same time, even if we would have, I'm pretty sure that they would have been like, oh, that's so wonderful. You have such a heart for that community and, and for those yeah. neighbors. and Right. Mm-hmm. You know, there, it, we did, we didn't it would have, have been enthusiasm a, as opposed to 
skepticism. We didn't which, have that unbiased ear yeah. to turn to. And, you know, and I'm just going to give a plug, you know, for Karen and for spiritual mm -hmm. direction. You know, even if you know Karen outside of spiritual direction, God has gifted her with the ability in direction sessions to really do that separation mm -hmm. and ask the questions and be that person. So if you find yourself in a position like we were in, where we were both, I mean, we used to say we were the Me Too, you know, club. Like, yeah, Me Too. Yeah, that's what I think too. Yeah, like mm -hmm. we were so deep in what we wanted to do, putting carrots up in the air here, do, that we were not willing to listen to what we should be becoming. Mm -hmm. And, and didn't we didn't think that was an option. We, like that was not even on our radar. No, no. So, you had to be, in order to be successful, and to be pleasing the Lord, you had to be doing something. Yeah. I mean, that's, I'm sorry, but that is a common. It's a very common misconception. Misconception out there. So find someone, whether it's Karen or someone else, find that person that can see through your bias. Mm -hmm. And and, 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 and ask not, you questions. And is not afraid to ask you questions yeah. and make you defend. Because mm -hmm. if the Lord truly has given you an answer and is giving you the steps, those words, those answers will come as easily as breathing oxygen. But when you're trying to do a manipulation job on an answer that you've received through prayerful discernment, mm -hmm. you it feels like your tongue is <laughs> ten pounds, and yeah, you cannot like it's swollen. Like almost. you can't get the words mm -hmm. because it's not coming from the Lord. Yeah, at least for me, that yeah, was that, it. That's how but I was mad. Happen. I remember being really mad that he would ask us that question. What a silly question to ask. <laughs> but then, like. 20 seconds later, yeah, it hit me. Oh, crap. We never thought of that. That is the question to be asking. That is the next question to be asking. Because it doesn't matter if it's good. And I will. Re I have remembered this lesson and been taught this lesson repeatedly because I didn't learn it the first, seventh, or seventeenth time. It doesn't matter what's good. If God's not calling you to it, you need to lay it down. Like Stop in, trying to pick up someone else's yeah, someone else's stuff stuff because you think that that's you know I, a fight that needs to be fought. I, I go to a Bible study and and sometimes I sit and I listen and and poor Karen she has to listen to me <laughs> sometimes because it's so sad because I can see it and these are with women who are decades older than me and I will hear some of these women um, who are more in their eighties mm -hmm. seventy year olds eighty year olds just bemoaning the fact that they're just, oh, if only they could have more hospitality in their heart. Oh, you know, they're mm -hmm. that generation that feels that every woman, every lady, should every be, lady. every lady should be the, the, the quintessential all, hostess. Oh, hostess with the mostess, you know, like they say. And I'm listening to them and I'm watching this one woman in particular and she strives, and she strives, and she strives. And I believe she said she was going to be turning 90 this year. So this is not just a young person. Wow. We're talking, this is something that everyone struggles with. She has come up with these amazingly elaborate parties that she will plan around holidays to try to show all this hospitality and invite these people into her home. And she complains incessantly about the work and how hard it is for her. And I just want to say, let someone else, have you asked God, is this what you're asking me to do? Yeah. Because I don't think he is. 
Yeah. But because she believes that what other people, when you compare yourself, you know, Karen's mm-hmm. heard me say this a gazillion times. When you compare yourself to other people, you lose every time. Yeah. Because I will compare what I think is a weakness in me to something that I think is a strength in Karen. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to lose that battle every time because I'm not Karen. Yep. And what I perceive as a strength in Karen, she may think, oh, my gosh, I'm the worst person ever at this. I mean, so yeah. get out of it. Just stop yeah, it. Just stop. But when you feel that the Lord has given you a direction, a word, a vision, a path, don't just think, oh, check that box. Now, how do I act on it? Because that's yeah. we thought that was the next step in discernment. Yeah. And it's how not, do I act on it? Not how do I? How does God want me to act on this? I thought you asked the one question, you get then, your answer, and then you go figure it out. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's so fascinating because if you talk to, I would say, probably 60% of clergy, at some point in their story, they ran. I don't, like, there may be the 40%. I just don't know a lot of them. (laughs) So I'm going to be generous in saying that, you know, only 60% of people who have been called to professional ministry have, have run in some way. Like, and it's always interesting to hear people say, you know, oh, I was, I remember hearing God speak to me in, in high school and I put it to the side, um, you know, and, and all of these different things happen in, in their lives. And it's... Yeah. My path took me another direction, but he led me back. Yeah, well, and... <laughs> like God leads you away from... <laughs> yeah, like, no, you chose no, to you run. No, you chose to run. Like, at, at least own it. Yeah. Like, But he knew you were going to do it anyways, so... Yeah, I was like, ah, let's all see. good. Let's see how I can wind her back here. Yeah. But, so, in the United Methodist system, we sometimes change clergy on July 1st, and the church that I am appointed to as my secondary appointment, we have a pastoral change happening. And the pastor, um, she she felt a call to the professional ministry, but instead went into social work. Oh, um, well, there's a common... There's uh, a very common... There's a common pattern. path that people take. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and she... Mm-hmm. Part of it was that she didn't feel equipped, um, you know, and I, I think, and she didn't say this, so hear me, she did not say this, but also what I heard as I was listening to her was, oh, this could not be for me, um, which mm. I think most clergy, I said it, yes, why wanted to start a homeless shelter. <laughs> <laughs> like, Just let me go over here and be busy. Yeah, this that can't be for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, there's that part too, but... At the same time, all of all of what we experience in between doing what we think God is asking us to do and trying to avoid what God is asking us to do, all of those things are incredibly valuable. And so I hope you hear in Missy and, and my story about this that there is there may be a wee bit of judgment, but it's compassionate. <laughs> Like, oh, look at how precious we were. Well, and in a lot of ways, in a lot of ways, you know, I, I still, I have always had that heart for the people that feel invisible because no one is invisible to the Lord. No one. 
He knows every single soul that mm -hmm. he's created. And when people are made to feel or society ignores them or, mm -hmm. or acts like they don't exist, that is... That's that holy yeah, that's one fire of your triggers. that that burns in me. It's yeah, definitely one of your buttons. It is one of my buttons. But you know, if we had not had that conversation that day in that office with our pastor, we very likely could have started something because we were mm -hmm. on a mission. And it would have done good. It was not from God. It was not from God. <laughs> but we would have done some good, but yeah. it would not have been lasting. No. It probably would have fizzled out within six months or a year. It would not have had the uh, the ability to sustain and grow because it wasn't from the Lord. Mm -hmm. He would have blessed our efforts, I know, because of our heart. But, you know, I as I think back on that story, you know, some people could look at that and say, oh, well, you just realized that working with those people just must not have been what the Lord wanted. My heart is still with those people. I still yeah. work. My still my vocation is in affordable housing. I'm not working with the homeless, the but I'm working with a different demographic. I'm working with the, the working poor, mm -hmm. the people who have the full-time jobs and still can't afford to live. Mm -hmm. Those are the people that I'm working with now. But I still pray for those people. I still yeah. have compassion for the homeless. I still want to see them be well. Mm -hmm. But I've also been taught something that I didn't understand then that there are individuals in our midst who choose mm -hmm. to be homeless, and that is their choice in life. Yeah. And Ken is one of those individuals. Mm -hmm. He has family, he has support, but he has chosen. And because it's not the choice that I would make, mm -hmm. I can't force him to make a different choice. We can, yeah. we can pray for him, and there are individuals who look out for him and make sure that medically he is cared for. Mm -hmm. There is some mental illness there that has to be addressed and is being addressed, mm -hmm. but he chooses that lifestyle. So when you're making these discernment questions and you get answers, be very careful that you don't skip the step that we did and test yeah. the answer because too often we try to impose what we believe mm -hmm. onto somebody else. And you can do that when you're the listening ear for someone who's discerning, but you can also be that voice in your own ear. Mm -hmm. And there's that comparison and there's that testing. And for Karen, she gets the answers very quickly. She's able to go through the process very quick for her very quickly. Yeah. For me, it's like she does it in lightning speed. And I'm like, seriously? So there's a little, I'm going to admit, sometimes I can be a little jelly. I can be like, seriously? Well, I've been praying for an answer for months and, but it's all different. Yeah. It's, but the thing about it is, and I can say this, I am becoming more and more fine-tuned mm -hmm. to the answers I'm getting. Whereas 12 years ago, like, I went by my gut. I didn't actually know what discernment was, mm -hmm. really, until I think the fall of 2009 when I had my first spiritual direction class, when I had to read a book, and it's my favorite book of all time. Um, which I have mentioned many times on this podcast, The Way of Discernment by Elizabeth Niebert. There you go. It's very good. I've read it. It's it very, very good. good. But like, I, didn't, I didn't know how to do this. I just went by my gut. And our gut can be an, a very effective tool, but it can also be a liar. Yeah. So go back to the institution. Not the institution. The, um, the personality 
Yeah, the Myers Briggs. Mm -hmm. The personality um, thing, types. Where the, the intuition. Missy and I both have very strong intuition. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes we need to add our thinking side to things. We do, it, um, but we're aware of that. We, now. Now. Now we're aware of that. So, so you have to have that balance. Yeah, so as you're... As you're growing closer to God, as you are growing into more of who you have been actually created to be, living into your true self, um, discernment is a huge part of that. And, and discernment never really stops, mm -mm. which is one of the things that we had that to learn. Hindsight, that. looking back, it's like, oh, we were so, like, we had such, so many misconceptions yes. about discernment. We had to learn. Um, we thought you asked a question, you got an answer, and then you went and you did something. Yeah. I mean, that's the, like, really, yeah, you know, discernment for dummies in our world at that yeah. time. That's what we thought. Yeah. And we didn't realize that, that God would walk alongside us. Yeah, and then there are so many more questions in terms of, okay, well, in, like, for me in my seminary journey, it was, okay, well, if I have these words, spiritual formation... What am I supposed to do with them? Again, what am I supposed to do with them? Mm -hmm. But at the same time, that led me to searching for different seminaries that, you know, may have had that or those words in in their stuff. Uh, led me to, I was able to rent a Cadillac CTS to go on a road trip. I remember. Because it was $27 more for the week mm -hmm. to have the Cadillac. Than it was to have like a Chevy Impala, so my response was, "Hell yeah, I'll take the caddy." <laughs> and you tooled around touring seminaries in your caddy. If I... that isn't like a mental <laughs> snapshot of where we were at that time, I mean, let that sink in, listeners. Think about it. Think about that for just a second. There's the mental picture. Yeah. We're going. She's going, going to, to visit to visit seminaries, seminaries in a Cadillac. He rented. Cadillac. It was a beautiful thing because my Corolla at that time, oh. it was, may it rest in peace because I'm pretty sure it ain't working no more. No, the green weenie the green served weenie you well. Served me well. Yeah, but I knew that I didn't want to put the 1,200 or 1,500 miles on it that week because I went out to Dayton. I went to Boston. <laughs> um... I think I went to Lancaster. No, that was later. No, you went to, um, went you did else. Dayton, you did Boston, and you went down to, um, you did D.C. that weekend. Did I? Mm -hmm. I don't. Okay, I went to D.C., but I don't think I went to, to Wesley. Like, I don't remember actually ever visiting Wesley. I may have gone to D.C. for a whole other reason. <laughs> you did. Okay. <laughs> but you went to, because you, at that time, you were making the decision that Wesley was not going to be. Yeah, because I did. Oh, for yes. you. <clears throat> yeah, because I drove down there and I was like, Are you oh. remembering that? <laughs> I don't remember. We I, don't need to go into all the details. I don't remember what I drove down there I for. I forget now where you went. But where was you I did. Going? But I, yeah, I was like, there's no different. way that I am commuting four hours. Yes. But you went to. this traffic. But you went to D.C. in okay. the caddy. Yeah. That weekend. I think. Yeah, I must have. Was, I did not take <laughs> the whole week off. Or maybe I did, actually, now no. that I think about it. I think you did, because you spent some time with your brother I and did. then his fiance. No, they were married Were they the married time. then? Yeah, okay. they were married in 2006. Oh, okay. okay. Oh, that's right, because they had already... Yeah. Yes, they were in the throes of... Yes, PhD they were living in the fens. 
Yeah. In, yes, in the throes of PhD dumb. Um, we digress, but, but the Cadillac, renting yeah. the Cadillac so to go on seminary tours when she thinks that she's being called to drive a homeless van. I mean, <laughs> let's just think about There's all these so things. There's so much irony involved. That's why um, I tell her she needs to write another book. Yeah. Because <laughs> so, there's so many stories. There's so many stories. But, you know, so, and then you were someplace else in March at a conference, mm-hmm. and a woman that we had met through yes. another conference comes up to you and is like, is Karen in seminary yet? Uh-huh. So apparently I need, I needed some additional confirmation that I was doing the right thing because the seminaries that I had looked at, they first of all, they didn't have spiritual formation anywhere in their curriculum. Um, and I, I was like, well, this is what I have to hold on to. Right. And so for those of you who are discerning something and you are given words, hold on to them. Or if you're given a vision, of hold something, on hold to on it. to it and have that be your compass. Yes. Um, write it down. Write it down. Even somewhere. if you're not a journaler, you write it down because yeah. you would be amazed how many times. I forgot about those two words. She forgot about then, spiritual formation because I remember when you pulled the, the, the material for evangelical, which mm-hmm. is where you did go to seminary, mm-hmm. I will never forget it. You opened it up. We were in a room at the mm-hmm. church. Do you remember this? Mm-mm. And you see, and that's another thing. There are so many things I do not remember from that time. When you have someone going through this with you, they will remember things as like landmarks in mm-hmm. the journey that you won't even remember. And you'll remember things that they won't remember. Mm-hmm. And it's all for your own growth. But I remember sitting on a bench. No, we were sitting on a bench outside and you mm-hmm. were like, oh my gosh, because you were still working at the time and mm-hmm. trying to discern. And we both were running crazy still, even though we had been, Running, yeah. we had had our wings clipped by our pastor that we, we were like way out in the weeds, but we were still in other worlds of yeah. our, of our journey. We, we were, were still high octane. We were high octane and that could be a whole other <laughs> podcast maybe years from now. Cause I don't know that we're quite ready to rebuild no. to the world. Some of those things, but trust me, we thought we were doing the Lord's work when we were, but we weren't, it's a whole trainer. Yeah. But I remember you <laughs> opened, man. you opened up that envelope and you pulled that, it was like the the, the, the material, brochure. the brochures. And yeah. I will never forget as long as I live. And I hope that when I go to heaven someday, I still am able to bring this memory back because it was so funny. You open it up and you're like, oh, it's evangelical. Oh, that's a funny name. I'm the least evangelistic person. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. I mean, yeah. you're like making fun of it. And you open it up yeah. to just random. A random page. And what did it say? Masters of Arts and Religion and Spiritual Formation. Ding, 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 ding. She was being cheeky Mm -hmm. about the name of the seminary because she was like, I'm not an evangelist. You're the evangelist, Missy. You're (laughs) the one out there. Because I was. I was like kind of out in the weeds sometimes. And she opens it up, just lets it fall open. Yeah. And the Lord is like, oh, really? Oh, really, ladies? Let me. Yeah. You want to bring this? Today. I'm ready to bring the thunder <laughs> because she just randomly opens it up and it said masters of, in art. Reli- of arts in religion and spiritual formation. Mm-hmm. You went to visit evangelical very shortly thereafter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not in a Cadillac. No, not in a Cadillac. <laughs> in the green weenie. The green weenie. On a Friday because I had taken the day off. 
and it was the afternoon and like nobody's at evangelical on Friday afternoons. And so the admissions person was kind enough to meet me there because I was taking my psych evaluation that morning over in Mechanicsburg. And so I thought because efficiency is one of my highest values that it would be efficient Mm -hmm. to go to Mechanicsburg then drive to Myers town and then come back do a big circle. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, but I will never, the, I will never, if I were to live a million years, I will never forget the look on your face when you looked down and you pointed your little finger at it and said, oh my gosh, look at this. <laughs> and I said, I think you have a school to go visit. I'll never forget that yeah. as long as I live. Write those words down because, and this was months. This was months. Months. This was like nine months later. later. Because I think it was May. Um. May or June it was of 2008 because I went and did the visit. It was, I remember the day. It was July 18th. It was months later. That was when I started lying to my employer about what I was doing. Then Karen started living her secret <laughs> life. life. For six months. She was a double agent for six months. Yeah. Yet again, put a pin in it, listeners, yeah. that will be another podcast. <laughs> if you agree with me that Karen needs to write another book... Please comment on the podcast. Send her a message. (laughs) But I think that all of this goes to show you that when you get an answer, the answer, now looking back, the answer was so clear what God was calling you to, but you were looking at it through dirty glasses Mm -hmm. because we didn't know enough to take the time. To continue to ask questions. To continue to ask questions. And continue to go through the discernment process over and over again and so one of the things actually that it talks about in the way of discernment by elizabeth liebert is that she says now granted this is assuming that you have detached yourself from the outcome you can't really it's more difficult to do what i'm about to tell you if you run like missy and i did Um, now granted my cycle was pretty short And I admit that, like, it wasn't years, it wasn't decades from professional ministry. It was like four months. It was months. Maybe four months. But for you, that's a very long time. But for me, that's a very long time. It's all relative. It is all relative. So, you know, if you've been running for decades, it's okay. Mm -hmm. Just go back, start over. It's all good. But so if, if you've gone through the discernment process with your singular question of yes or no, one or the other, and you believe you have an answer and you are detached from the answer, we'll say, Um, then if you're just not sure, you can make a choice and live live with the choice for two weeks. That's, that's what she gives in the, in the book, make a choice as to go one way or the other, and then live with that that decision for two weeks and see how you feel. Notice how your life or attitude is changing. See what happens, whether your decision is affirmed or maybe challenged. Um, And being challenged doesn't automatically mean that you made the wrong choice. choice. It can be a tool that the Mm -hmm. Lord is using to strengthen your conviction. Yes. 
that you are doing what yeah. he wants you to because do. Because somebody can ask you a question. You can be like, no, I believe this. And like there, all of a sudden there's this wellspring of fire that comes up from within. That, that you never knew was there. Yeah. That's God, people. Yeah. That's God. So, yeah, give it, you can give it two weeks. Mm-hmm. And if you're still not sure, then it is quite possible that God is saying, you know what? Whatever option you choose, I'm going to bless because this decision is up to you. He does trust us. God, yes. And for those of us he who does. don't trust ourselves, which is the two of us in this room. Raising my hand. Yeah. I, I'm still carrying the flag on that one. Yeah. Um, I wish I weren't, but I am. Oof, yeah. My, my flag's smaller now. But it's it's my still, flag it's still pretty flies. big. Yeah, my flag the, still flies. Flag flies all the time. Um, often God is asking us to trust ourselves in the process, and so like I remember, oh my goodness, I was in my first year after seminary of spiritual direction. It was like it was the second year for the training, but because I had two semesters in seminary, I was able to skip the, the actual first year. Um, But anyway, so I'm sitting with my spiritual director on a swing, I think. Like, there were two swings under this gazebo thing at the retreat center that we were at for the spiritual direction training, and she was a part of the training. Um, And we're talking about how I'm trying to make this decision, and I just didn't feel like God was giving me an answer. And for me to like to wrestle with something for a month and not have an answer, I'm amazed that I don't get ulcers because it felt like okay. that kind of it was just very acrid and acidic in my gut. And it was monopolizing my your thoughts. thoughts in every vein of your life. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was, I, it was bad. I, I lean towards obsessive compulsive. Mm-hmm. Um, I have that flag too. It flies yeah. a lot. So, but it was, but again, one of the great ways and reasons to have a spiritual director, my spiritual director looked at me and was like, what if Jesus trusts you? I was horrified. You called me on the way home and you were like, you are not going to believe. <laughs> yeah. Here's a novel thought. Yeah. You're not going to believe what, uh, what Daisy had to say to me. Yeah. It was a little. <laughs> no, wait. Not Daisy. No. I just call her Ninja. Ninja. Ninjas. Yeah. Ninja. <laughs> Um, I'm Daisy. You are Daisy. <laughs> so there you go. If you read this Oh, book. I'm sorry. I just outed myself. Oops. Oh, well, if you listen to these podcasts, it wasn't that far of a stretch to figure it no, out. No, not at all. <laughs> sorry. So. Um, but, you know, that is in Mindy. and of itself. That's who it is. Mindy. Mindy. Yes, my spiritual director, Mindy. But, you know, that, that in and of itself was another part of your discernment muscle growing was yeah. having that safe place and that mentor to say to you, mm-hmm. You're asking all the right questions, Karen. You're yeah. spending the time and you're getting angry when, in fact, he may be saying to you in love, mm-hmm. sweet, Karen, yeah. do whatever you do want. Do what you want. Yeah. I gave you free will for mm-hmm. a reason. I yeah. trust you. Use it. Mm-hmm. And you were like, wait. Yeah, no, no. This is not how this works. I don't want that. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't want the responsibility. But think about the transition. Like how huge that oh my that God. was. You went from I being was, someone who wanted to be in control of your ship in all ways, every ways, to the point that we were manipulating 
yeah the message that you received from the lord not just for your path but i was hijacking it i was mm -hmm. piggybacking along well <laughs> yeah. well clearly he wants us to do this together to someone when the lord said i trust you karen do what you want yeah you didn't know what to do with that mm -mm. you had no. become so in tune and so hungry for the lord's will in your life mm -hmm. that when he said I'll bless whichever path you take. Just yeah. go with what's going to make you happy. You didn't know what to do with it. Oh, yeah, no. Because what? The, the first part was 100% out of fear. Oh, yes. You know, it... We can that, say that now. That control aspect of things. And even when it rears its ugly head in my life today, it's based out of fear. We're trying to protect ourselves from some yeah, from unknown something. danger that in all practicality does not exist. Yeah. So for me, like to be able to surrender to God, it actually made my psyche relax a little bit because I didn't have to worry about whether or not I was right. It was that Enneagram one in me where it's like, oh, well, God is always right. So if God is telling me what I'm supposed to do, then it's always right. Then it's always right. And we are humans living so, on this planet where we are not always going to get it right. No. So that next step, you know, that was over five years ago at this point, was another kind of like, hey, you know, God was elbowing me in the ribs, like, hey, there is another way to do this. And your, your desire matters. And that, that I was not expecting. But, but the Lord's not going to... He, he's not going to lead with that. When no, you are new no. to discernment, when you're new to discernment. Like so keep as, in mind, this was seven years later. Right. So this went from 2007, and then it took seven years of my personal development and my growth and my transformation through the dark night, through the Ignatian exercises, like through all of these things that was peeling back yep. layers and layers and layers of dysfunction. Mm -hmm. So it took seven years. I, just, I think it's important for us to always remember that when we're talking about this, this is not something that from start to finish was six months. You know, this is a long process and it is a process. Yeah. So when you are new to the spiritual discipline of discernment, because, mm -hmm. you know, I've had people say to me before, well, what's the difference between discernment and just being, you know, being proactive and making choices? It's, it's, it's attitude and intention. Oh, and it's there. So I mean, I, I can't even find the words because it is such a different manner of making decisions because mm -hmm. you're taking yourself out of it as much as you can. Mm -hmm. So if you're new to this and you're just starting to exercise that muscle, and, you know, the first thing is you have to find that muscle. And, mm -hmm. and any of you who have started, like, an exercise program or whatever, you know what happens. You're sore. You're sore. And you're like, oh, I didn't even know I had a muscle there. Yeah. Discernment's the same type of thing. But the Lord, he loves us more than we can comprehend. Yeah. He is not going to turn to you when you're starting to learn how to talk to him and get his guidance and seek his counsel by throwing a ringer at you right from the start mm -hmm. like well i'm just not going to give you an answer yeah <laughs> watch me that is that vengeful punishing 
yeah. idea of God out there that is not based not in reality. Accurate, yeah. So if you are early on and you get what Karen received, which was, I'm really not getting any sort of mm-hmm. direction, that goes back to the previous podcast where mm-hmm. look at the question you're asking. Maybe yeah. you need to ask the question before the question yes. first. Mm-hmm. So please, I just, I just say yeah. that like for that clarification, there will come a time that you will trust yourself and you will trust the Lord the same way that he already does mm-hmm. to where you can. It's just like when you have a, a kid learning to ride a bike. You don't put a new child on a two-wheel bike without training wheels right out yeah. of the get-go and shove them down a hill of asphalt. Yeah, You don't do that. You put the training wheels on first, so you have and to you, learn. And you corral them in the driveway, hopefully in a flat hopefully. driveway. No, I mean, there are those parents out there that probably do it like in a, because you know what? We live in a fallen world. Yeah. But our father is a good father, yeah. and he wants to protect us, and he wants to to grow us, but he also is going to challenge us and stretch mm-hmm. us. But think about that. If you're not asking the right question, you, you most likely will not get an answer mm-hmm. um, in a way that is satisfying. Yeah. So just don't go to that. Oh, well, he's just don't hear Karen's yeah. experience and be like, Oh, he's just trusting me to like go it on my own. Yeah. no. That might not be the right answer. It might be. It may be. It, it very well could be. But if you are new to discernment, I would venture to say more likely than not, he's inviting you to maybe go a little deeper with mm-hmm. your question than what you were comfortable with. Maybe he wants to take you in a completely different path and mm-hmm. address some hurt, some lie that you've believed, some unrealistic expectation that you don't even realize you're carrying yeah. around mm-hmm. and he's going to use that time that you're giving him to be like, should I go for that promotion at work or not? And yeah. you could come out the other side dealing with a hurt from 30 years ago. Yeah. That's holding you back mm-hmm. in some other area. Yeah. So I find the discernment process to be incredibly exciting mm-hmm. because I might think I know what I want to work on. Yeah. And I could end up going in a completely different direction. Yeah. And it's always where he wants to take me, mm-hmm. and I feel safe. Yeah. Hear me. <laughs> this has been a decade in the making mm-hmm. <laughs> to say I feel safe. Um, and there are still those times that I mm-hmm. don't feel safe, and he has to remind me, I'm not going to hurt you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's amazing the baggage that we carry into our prayer time. Mm-hmm. That other people world. that yeah. other people have given us. I was mm-hmm. carrying around bags that weren't even mine, mm-hmm. and we all do. And yeah, sometimes we pick them up from others. Yeah, and carry and them around, and it's, it's like, like, oh well, this is mine. And like I said earlier, yeah. you know, sometimes, sometimes it's not our stuff to pick up. And if we have picked it up, then we need to set it down, regardless of what we think it might cost. Mm. Let that sink in for a second. That's huge. If it's not ours, it's not ours. And it's amazing how many people, and I still do this on occasion, but I've gotten, I, I can say that I've gotten really good at knowing what's mine and what's not because I've had to. I had it beat out of me and then beat into me from choices that I made. 
So like as, as you're going through this discernment and exercising your muscle and, and growing into the person that God has created you to be and, and your true self and getting to know, you know, what lights you up and all of those other things. One of the things that will probably come up at least once, if not on many occasions, is the invitation to lay things down. And so maybe that's what we'll talk about next time. Oh, well, we could have some Ooh. chuckles over that, too. All right. So, wow. This yes. time has flown. This time has flown. So thank you all for listening. Well, and thank you to Karen for that <laughs> jaunt down memory lane and, and bringing back some of those memories of of where we started and, and where oh. we are and where we have to go. But, you know, I just, I do still think of those people in the van ministry. Mm-hmm. And I think, thank goodness it's not me, but praise yes. God for those people that it is theirs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they're doing valuable work. Mm-hmm. And if it's theirs to do, then they're in the spot, yeah. the sweet spot. All right, everybody. So don't forget to go to our website, www.waterworksministries.org. Check us out on Facebook and Instagram at Waterworks Ministries. And we will catch you next time. Grace and peace, everyone.